keys, tackle box in my hand Gonna cast a few lines with my toes in the sand Pulling in a big catch makes me feel like a man But the wife, she just don't understand I love walleye, perch, trout and bass And if you don't like fishing, you can kiss my four-stroke right in the back Cause the fishes all tremble at the thought of me When I'm fishing for Bunyan Country Today we expand the boundaries of Paul Bunyan Country because we're checking in with Bob Jensen from Fishing the Midwest, and he has fished a whole lot of territory. We'll hear from him and discover yet another lake in Paul Bunyan Country with our Lake of the Week. Checking in with uh, Bob Jensen from Fishing the Midwest, one of the great anglers out there. Bob, it's great to have you back on the show. Thanks. I always enjoy it, Kel. Thanks for the opportunity. So you do this Fishing the Midwest show, which means you go where you hear the hot bites are. Where have you been this summer? We have been in a number of places. You know, Mike Frisch and I are working together now, and Mike's been doing more of the shows this year so far. But we've been, uh, my last trip was to central Minnesota, uh, the Alexandria area, and uh, we caught walleyes and bass in the weed line. It was, uh, the bite was a little bit slower, but they were nice fish. We caught them on uh, straight king uh, uh, deep crankbaits uh, along the weed line, and that's a really good way to catch them this time of the year. You know, the weed line in many lakes, is just the center of activity for a wide variety of species of fish. And uh, the key is cover water until you find them, then slow down and work them over good. Okay. One of the things we've had going on here in Bemidji is a walleye bite that just won't quit on Lake Bemidji. It's been solid all summer. Um, Are you noticing that elsewhere? Uh, Very uh, regional. Some lakes, it's going good. Other lakes, you know, a little bit slower. Clear Lake here in uh, north-central Iowa has become one of the real premier fisheries across the Midwest. Uh, They did a lake uh, renovation here about 10 years ago and changed the dynamics of the lake completely. And now um, the walleye bite has just been real consistent all year. Uh, uh, Northland spinner rigs in particular have been taking a ton of fish. Okay. One of the things I think also contributes to this is just a a vastly more knowledgeable angler out there? As anglers, we have become more knowledgeable, and the equipment is so much better. I, You know, I constantly refer back to the day, you know, in the 80s when I started, uh, late 70s, early 80s when I started. You know, we had a tiller boat, 50-horse motor, flashers on the back and the front, and electric motor on the back and the front, and we could not imagine how things could get any better. You know, that was just <laughs> as good as it gets, and how does it get better? <laughs> and it did. <laughs> That's the truth, Bob. I mean, it's uh, and, and, you know all aspects of life we're seeing technological advances, but it sure has made fishing a lot different than it was, like you say, back in the '80s or when I was a kid back in the '70s. I know, and, and I'm a dinosaur, and I plead guilty to that. I resist change, but oh boy, yeah, no. I mean, the, the, the sonar units we use, we use uh, we use Raymarine units. And they just draw you a picture. You know what's down there. You know uh, that there are fish down there. And, again, back in the day, we had flashers, and you'd kind of get an idea there's probably some fish down there. But the pictures, it would be there and it would be gone. Now it's there, and we can see it, and we know we just went over a bunch of fish. We turn around and go back over them, and uh, we know they're down there. So now it's a matter of giving them what they want. They don't always want to eat what we want to give them, so we've got to give them a lot of choices. And if you're on fish and you can see them in your sonar, and they're not hitting, do something different. And, and, and eventually, if they're, if they're not responding to what you're doing, do something different. Eventually, you'll find something they want to eat. Okay. Well, it's, it's early August. Uh, you know, um, generally, it's going to be the, what they call the dog days. So give us kind of a scenario. What should we be looking for as far as where they're going to be, and what would be the first choice to throw at them? 
you know, again, I like to start in the weed line, and, and, and that's one of the things in the summer. You know, sometimes some species uh, do get a little tougher to catch than others. I just like to fish for largemouth bass in the summer. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, this time of year, they seem to be willing to bite, largemouth and smallmouth both. They seem to have an attitude where they just want to get caught. And uh, and I, I like to get in the weed line. I like to take a slurp jig and tip it with plastic and work that weed line and then also throw crankbaits. And uh, if you're stuck in walleyes, something we've been doing a lot more lately is using puppet minnows in the deeper water. Again, find the fish, fish those puppet minnows vertically, and uh, I'll tell you what, we've just had really good success doing that. Wow. That puppet minnow, I have heard that uh, talked about uh, probably more than any other bait the last two years. Yeah. How deep are, the, how deep are you catching the walleyes in Bemidji? Um, a lot of people still around nine feet. Oh, they're still shallow. Yeah. That puppet minnow does a good job in deeper water, at least for me. That And again, but that's where I've had my most experience with it. You know, the deeper water. We did a show last year with the puppet minnow, and we were fishing 17 to 22 foot depths. And uh, that's that's what it's meant for. Although a couple, oh, a few years ago, when we first started using puppet minnows in open water, puppet minnows were designed for ice fishing. But I was in South Dakota uh, fishing, and we were fishing deeper water, and I'd heard about the puppet minnow catching open water walleyes, and I just tied one on. And, uh, you know, we're, you're supposed to vertically jig them straight up and down. One of the guys in the boat did not know that, and he was casting, and he was catching more fish than we were. So that puppet minnow might, you know, I haven't done it in the shallow water yet as far as casting, but, uh, you know, it might work. That might be something to try next time you're out on the midget cabin. Okay. Uh, yeah, a lot of people are using it. A lot of people are swearing by it. The puppet minnow is doing great. It's another great lure by Northland Tackle. I know, I know. Northland does such a good job of innovating baits. And, uh, you know, again, the puppet minnow was designed to fish straight up and down on an ice wall. But the walleyes, I mean, if they eat it in the winter, they're going to eat it in the summer uh, as well. Sure, absolutely. I go back to what you said a few minutes ago. We talked about this, I think, uh, maybe last year or the year before. The Keeping an open mind and realizing there's more than one fish to catch. Yeah, especially in Minnesota, especially in the Bemidji area. You've got it all. You really do, except trout and salmon and that sort of thing. You've got it all up there. And there are just some days when the walleyes don't want to bite and the bass will. And I, I guarantee you, I'd rather catch a bunch of bass than not catch any walleyes. <laughs> and, you know, uh, switch baits and, and, and also uh, switch lakes. You know, I mean, sometimes on a real clear day, uh, a, a lake with stained water might be better. On a cloudy day, that uh, that, that clear water lake might be better. But there are just some days when some lakes are better, and there are some days when some species are just more receptive to getting caught. So be versatile. Try different things. And if you do that, you know, some people, they're, they're walleye fishermen. And mm-hmm. that's fine if you like to catch walleyes. That's fine. But I'm just a fisherman. I just want to catch something. I, I, I don't care if it's walleyes or bass or northern pike or crappies or whatever. I just want to catch something. So I think uh, it, it's important to have an open mind, be versatile, be flexible, try different things, try different species, and if you do that, you're going to enjoy your fishing even more. Coming up next, if you're looking for a new place to fish, Bob Jensen has a tip of a nice little summertime vacation for you. Fishing Paul Bunyan Country, where fishing is more important than pretty much everything. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. 
Talking with one of the greats today, Bob Jensen of Fishing the Midwest. You know where we're at, and you know that most of us in this neck of the woods have probably fished the big five, uh, Bemidji, uh, Cass, Winnie, uh, Red, and Leech. So open, expand our horizons. You fished a lot of lakes throughout the Midwest. Send us on a vacation somewhere. Where should we go to try something unique and new? A relatively short drive would be Cabotogama. Yeah, no, Cabotogama up in the Voyagers National Park. Uh, oh, no, not, uh, not, not too far from uh, International Falls. I've fished Cab a number of times throughout the years. It's just an outstanding walleye lake. It's got crappies. It's got tremendous smallmouth bass. The northern pike in there, we don't fish the northern pike too much, but when we get one, it's a nice one, and we see lots of them following our walleyes to the boat. And it's also got huge perch. Cab is just one of those lakes where lots of islands, it's a real wilderness feel. And you go around the corner, and you don't know if you're going to see a family of otters or a moose or a bear, or or you see deer all the time. You see all sorts of uh, of birds, you know, eagles and ducks. and, and It's just a, a beavers. Uh, you see all sorts of wildlife uh it's just a great lake. And you can catch the walleyes. Again, it's known as a walleye lake. Uh, uh, you know, it's got a slot, but there are a good number of eaters in the lake, and, and you'll get some big ones, too. Okay. That's, I've heard, you know, I've never fished that lake, uh, but I've heard great things about it tonight. It's one of those places I need to get to one of these days. Yeah, it's an outstanding fishery. Well, where have you spent the most time on this summer? Uh, Clear Lake here in north-central Iowa. It's close to home, and it's an outstanding fishery. Like I said, we're mm-hmm. catching the walleyes good there. But Clear Lake is one of those lakes that really gives me optimism for the future. Uh, Clear Lake, oh, when I was a kid growing up, it was a bullhead lake. I mean, to catch a walleye was a big deal. It was a bullhead lake. And they renovated it oh, about 10 years ago. And there's two ends. Uh, there, there, there's, there's the big lake and the little lake. And the little, little lake is on the west side of the lake. It used to be a four-foot mud wall. I mean, four foot all the way across. And they got these things in there that sucked the mud out. And 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 it's silt and that sort of thing, and dumped it out in the, the land here a, a mile and a half away. And now the west side of Clear Lake is like a Minnesota lake. It's got depths to thirty feet. It's got structure, you know, real noticeable drop offs. The water quality has improved a lot. There was a marsh running into Clear Lake. They they filtered the marsh out, and they planted lots of vegetation, which filters this the the the, the, the silt from coming in. And the water quality has improved. We're getting vegetation in deeper water there now. Uh, the crappie population has exploded. We're seeing more largemouth bass and the walleyes. I mean, and then and the bullheads are gone. The bullheads are completely gone uh, because there's a lot more predator fish, and they eat the bullheads. And, and the bullheads, now it's a, it's more likely to catch a walleye than a bullhead. You don't catch bullheads up there anymore. Wow. That is quite a yeah. turnaround. Yeah. It's, it, it really gives me hope. Uh, you know, I mean, we can do something. We can do something to improve the fisheries. Uh, it takes a commitment. But uh, we can do something to improve fisheries. And by the same token, fishing over the past number of years in many areas has just improved so much. You know, and a lot of it is, like we talked earlier, uh, anglers are, are more knowledgeable. We're just better fishermen. And, and the equipment is better. But the fisheries in many situations are better, too. I mean, back in the day, uh, you know, I used to live uh, in the Bemidji area. And I guided for muskies and, that, and walleyes and that sort of thing. And back then, to catch a 50-inch muskie was a big deal. Mm-hmm. And it still is. But it happens, you know, much more frequently now than it did back then. And the opportunity to catch a truly big walleye is better. To catch truly big largemouth and smallmouth bass are better. There are areas of concern, but, you know, for the most part, we've got a lot to be very optimistic about. We really do, you know. And the one area of concern up here is is the spread of AIS. We're seeing a lot of that lately. 
What about throughout the rest of the Midwest? What are you hearing? What are you seeing? It's everywhere. Yeah. Zebra mussels are everywhere. They're they're everywhere. And, yeah. you know, I mean, they're cleaning up the water, and they're allowing weeds to develop in, in deeper water with vegetation. And uh, the fisheries are changing. And whereas, you know, uh, you know, years ago, we'd catch them in, 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 in 10 feet of water. Now they're moving out to that 15, 18 foot of water just because the water's clearer. They're still there. Uh, we just have to change our fishing techniques. That's a fact, and we've seen that, of course, uh, on Cass Lake in particular. Um, it's much more low light than it used to be, and it always was fairly low light. It's even worse. And then in Winnie, yeah, where they are has adjusted, and I think they have finally, Angler sounds like they've finally figured that out, where they are now. Night fishing has become a bigger deal. Mm-hmm. You know, night fishing has become more popular just because, you know, in those real clear water lakes, the bite is at night, you know, and, and trolling crankbaits and you know, some of the biggest walleyes I ever caught, one of the biggest walleyes I ever caught was trolling crankbaits at night on leech. Uh, it was it was in the fall when the uh, the uh, Cisco and Tulaby were up spawning and, and pulling crankbaits. I mean, I got it. We used to catch a lot of walleyes on, on uh, crankbaits at night fishing from shore and leech. But one of the biggest ones I ever caught was on a crankbait uh, out there just off from uh, City Beach uh, at night, you know. Uh, so we have to refine our techniques. Okay. Um, Bob, uh, if we want to see what's going on on Fishing in the Midwest, uh, how can we watch it or see it? Is it, uh, is it online? Uh, yeah, our shows are online, fishingthemidwest.com. We are making shows now. We air them in the winter months, the first quarter, January, February, March. Uh, uh, but you can see shows, uh, past episodes of Fishing in the Midwest, online, fishingthemidwest.com. All right. Bob Jensen from Fishing in the Midwest joining me today, giving me the scoop on what's going on. Bob, we love talking to you. Thanks for taking the time today. Always enjoy it, Kev. Keep up the good work. Well, the Minnesota Twins have traded away half their roster. But as far as we know, the Twin Lakes have not traded away their bluegills, crappies, or bass for a species to be named later. We'll hear from Gary Barnard about the South Twin Lake next. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Lake of the weekday, lake of the weekday, lake of the weekday, holy cow. It's Fish and Paul Bunyan Country's Lake of the Week. Once again talking with Gary Bernard from the Area Fisheries Office in Bemidji. And once again talking about one of the Twin Lakes. We, we talked about North Twin earlier. Today it's South Twin. And, Gary, let's uh, recap where we can find those lakes. Uh, They are in the heart of the uh, Chippewa National Forest. Yeah, they are. They're uh, both um, one on either side of the road, actually. It's um, Highway uh, 22, which is the Turtle River Lake Road. You run up to Turtle River, the city of Turtle River, and head east on 22. It's eight or ten miles down that road. You'll drive right between the two lakes. And you uh, you didn't make it convenient for us to uh, have an access on either side of the road for north and south. Uh, and south twin access is a, is a bit of a, a bit of a drive. Yeah, you'll have to blame the Forest Service <laughs> for that. But they, they, anyway, they uh, they are you, you have to go through between the two lakes and go about a mile past, and then take a uh, Forest Service road to the south there to wind around into that South Twin Lake access. But it's uh, definitely worth the uh, the trip back in there. It's a really nice lake. Very nice lake. Uh, there is development on that lake, probably more than most of the lakes in the forest. Yeah, there is. Uh, both North and South Twin have a, a fair amount of uh, shoreline development, some some homes on there. Um, 
fisheries holding up pretty well in there. We do some walleye stocking to uh, supplement the fishery. Um, we use fingerling stocking in this as we do in North Twin, and we uh, maintain a pretty decent abundance of walleyes for a fingerling stock lake, about two and a half per gill net. It's uh, it's not the destination walleye fishery, but it uh, does supplement that uh, bass panfish fishery quite a bit. Yeah, you know, as I, I was looking at it, I mean, the, the two lakes we, we mentioned in the last report, uh, although they are right next to each other, there's no connecting water, so it's not a, you know, they're not sharing fish, but very similar as far as the types of fish that are in there and the numbers of the fish that are in there. Yeah, they are. They're, they're very similar lakes. Uh, South Twin just a little bit smaller at 220 acres, uh, but still uh, these are the types of lakes that the uh, bass and panfish do very well in. Uh, you know, they're sheltered. They're not the big wind-swept uh, lakes where the walleyes do well, but they've got a lot of vegetation, good habitat for the, these uh, centrarchid species, and um, they reproduce and, and do well uh, on their own. I noticed that in Northern Pike, you've got uh, decent numbers, you know, under 10 a net, and um, that is, it looks like allowed the sizes to be a little bigger than a lot of lakes with, uh, with, uh, with Northerns in them. A little bit. Um, th- this one, uh, it, it doesn't have extremely high pike abundance, like you say, but uh, the, the size is, uh, is nothing like North Twin, where we have a special regulation. It's, it's kind of night and day if you look at the, uh, the size distributions out there. But um, it's, uh, you know, it's a good pike lake, but, uh, again, you're not going to see the high quality there. Um, and you've got, uh, again, crappies and, and bluegills, good sizes, or what do we got out there? Um, good abundance and uh, kind of moderate sizes. Bluegill will run about 15 per trap net. That, that's good for bluegill numbers. Um, again, they, these bluegill will top out about 8.5 to 9 inches, maybe a little bit bigger than North Twin Lake, but uh, um, not. you're not going to see many 10-inch bluegills out there. But, you know, it's it sees the effects of harvest out there. Um, Black crappie as well, they they do pretty well cycling. I think uh, we did see them topping out around 10.5 to 11 inches in our last assessment. That was a 2016 assessment, so it's fairly current. Okay. And largemouth bass. Yeah, bass. That's kind of the story out there. Uh, largemouth bass, it's, it's quite a bass lake. It's one we put a special regulation on a number of years back here in 2006, actually. We... We went with a special catch-and-release-only regulation on bass. Uh, it was one of uh, four lakes in the management area we tried that on. And uh, we evaluated it and recently reviewed that regulation. And uh, initially, the response was pretty good. We, we actually saw an improvement in bass size, uh, more bigger bass, uh, and with no harvest, that uh, you would kind of intuitively think, yeah, bass are going to get bigger. Um, they get released, they grow larger. Our second round of assessments, a little slightly different story that we we saw a little dip in the quality of the the number of big bass out there, and got to looking at them, and it it may be uh, a density growth suppression effect where. Those initial bass, uh, they benefited from the protection and grew, but uh, as we got more and more bass in there, maybe they started to slow in their growth a little bit. So we recently reviewed it, you know, took input on it, and and uh, decided to modify that regulation to a 14 to 20 protected slot. Um, it'll still provide some protection for bigger bass, but it it allows some harvest under 14, which will kind of thin the herd a little bit, and... Uh, 
maybe improve those growth rates and they can re- reach that size potentially or reaching before. So, you know, kind of a trade off there in, uh, in some harvests, not being a bad thing for a fishery. So, um, management's always kind of a process where you apply something, you evaluate it, and then you modify as needed. And we, uh, we listen to the public as well on this, and uh, there is some interest in harvesting those smaller bass, so um, this was kind of a good uh, good adjustment to that reg, I believe. And then that uh, went into effect when? That is in effect now. Okay. It actually, when bass season opens, when the harvest oh. season opens, that new slot will be in effect instead of total catch and release. Okay, so that's new this year. Yep. 14 to 20 a protected slot on. Uh, yep, you can have one over twenty, and the, your your limit of bass under. So okay, and that is on South Twin. Well, again, as as we talked so much on, on North Twin, it it just is such a typical lake that we'll find in northern Minnesota with the with all those uh, panfish species and and the types of fish that will give you a lot of action if that's what you're looking for. Yep, beautiful little lake and lots of, lots of opportunity out there for uh, different species and. Uh, uh, beautiful location there in the Chippewa National Forest. Good one to try. What types? Of, what kind of pressure do those two lakes get, North and South Twin? Well, both get a fair amount of pressure, and, and it's you know largely due to the development around the shoreline. Most of those people fish, and uh, plus, uh, they're no secret. I think everybody around town here knows that they're pretty good panfish lakes. If you want a meal of uh, bluegills or crappies, that's uh, those are go-to lakes for that. And as far as we know, we're still in good shape as far as water quality and uh, AIS situations. Yep, water quality is good. Nice, nice clarity that's needed for uh, for good aquatic habitats and growing the vegetation that those panfish species need. Um, so far, we haven't found any uh, invasive species, and let's try to keep it that way. Absolutely. It is South Twin. It is our Lake of the Week. And once again, Gary, uh, if we want to get on that lake, where is the access? Well, the access is going to be um, following Highway 22, the Turtle River Lake Road. Um, Going east off of 71 there, go between the two lakes and... uh, about a mile past, take a uh, the first right is a Forest Service road. It's probably a, a mile jaunt down that forest road to get to the access there at uh, over some uh, pretty steep hills, but uh, worth the trip in there. All right. Gary Barnard is the Area Fisheries Manager out of the Bemidji office, joining us today for our Lake of the Week, uh, South Twin. Gary, so much. Uh, thank you so much for your time today. We appreciate it. All right. Thanks a lot, Kevin. F-I-S-H-I-I-N for Bunyan Country.